Welcome to In The Chains, a UK-based disc golf podcast, bringing you worldwide disc golf news, what's happening in the UK scene, as well as our own progression. So buckle up and let's get started. Introducing to you, your favorite podcast presenters, Bowen and Duffy. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome back to a brand new episode of In The Chains. Following a leg. <laughs> uh, I knew he was going to say something smarmy like that. Uh, <laughs> your favourite uh, UK disc golf podcast. Um, you listen to Duffy, the, the host, and I've got long, alongside me my fellow host, Bowen. How you Hello. doing? So are we, are we like level? Yeah, we're level, we're level in the uh, hierarchy. The first time in my life. <laughs> Why is the colour changing on my screen, by the way? I've no idea. But should we crack on with the show? Let's get on with it, sorry. Because <laughs> people listening can't see what the colour's doing on your screen. Looks like a disco ball, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, don't it? Yeah, it does. Okay. Let's go. So what, what have you been up to? Uh, not a lot, really. Uh, played the odd round at Redditch. I've been a bit quiet on disco front lately. Yeah, you've been a bit quiet uh, on the chat as well. You've been busy at work, or? Flat out doing all sorts, mate. You know what it's like. Yeah, I had a yeah. little birthday thing for me, my two nephews at the weekend in a field. We went camping. Nice. I took the uh, temporary basket with me. Kids absolutely loved it. Yeah, they will. Everybody loves it. Everybody who ever tries it loves it, doesn't they? Converting, and I converting yeah. them. It's like, it's, like a, it. it's like a good church. I just say it's like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I went church, but same thing, then, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talking yeah, about talking about being busy. Um, you probably realised from the from the start of the show uh, that um, there's a voice missing on the show. We've had some bad news, unfortunately, uh, due to commitments outside of disc golf. Uh, Dennis just isn't going to be able to find the time. He struggled the last few weeks. That's why we haven't been able to put out as many shows as we possibly would have liked to have. Um, and for, it's no fault of his own. He's just so busy. It's just, he's just finding it really difficult to sort of juggle everything. And like I say, it's just, just life really. So from here on out, we are plodding on by ourselves. I think, aren't we for the, certainly for the foreseeable future anyway. I think, I think we all said that like, if it gets in the way of anything else, then it's time that we rejig it or we don't do it or yeah, absolutely. whatever. And like, sometimes I find it gets in the way of me playing disc golf, like, cause it yeah. is quite a big commitment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Some, some days we're, we're sort of recording twice in the week and it's difficult cause I, you can't play the weekend that much cause I'm other sort of family commitments and I, I find it easier to play in the week, but if we're recording perhaps a couple of nights in the week, it, it does it does take its toll and um, make it difficult to then juggle family life and play disc golf and stuff like that. So I definitely see his struggle, put it that way. Um, it will be a shame, be greatly missed, won't he? Yeah, he might come back. He might yeah. be back for the odd special episode. When it, when it quietens down a little bit, yeah. 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 Perhaps a Christmas so, yeah. special or something like that. Yeah, we've got to plan something. We can't, we can't, 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 got to get him back at some point, haven't we? Otherwise, he'll never let it, let us hear the end of it, will he? Have him on singing Silent Night on the Christmas special. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what have you been up to anyway? Uh, I when I, I took a drive to Quarry Park last week. Um, shot six over on the black course. Nice. Obviously, can't do it when the bloody tournament's on, but that's I've hit that score now three times. My best score on the black course. Um, and I've hit that three times now at probably the last five times I've played it. So I feel I'm pretty steady around that, but that's why it's just a bit disappointing in the tournament where I fell a bit under that. But What did you score in the tournament? I can't remember. Uh, it's about 10 or 11 over. I can't remember. Okay. It's about 10 or 11 over. So about five shots more than what I feel I'm, I can steadily get. Um, okay. But one thing I've sort of realised is, and I'm not quite sure how this happens, um, but I don't tend to lose many shots on the two wooded holes. And I think that definitely plays to my advantage. They're the hardest holes as well. So you fuck up the easy ones. I was working it out the other day, and I'm I'm almost certain that I've played those holes. So those holes, I've played, played them three times in the tournament. So six holes effectively and I'm pretty sure I haven't dropped a shot on them and I didn't drop a shot on them the other day you're making this up I'm not I'm genuinely you are. not you are I'm you're not. making this up but I know I'll, you are but I'll lose shots on like 14 onwards and it doesn't make sense because it's more open and a lot easier and I just don't understand it but my um, name's Duffy and I'm too good for the easy holes is what you're saying that, well that's it that's it uh, Del at Quarry Park did say that he was going to put those new holes in basically for me Really, okay. Um, I'm finding the other holes a bit too easy, so um... my eyes are rolling at the moment. <laughs> Dennis has gone, but bloody hell, you've took over his personality. <laughs> Didn't take you long, did it? How does it feel being second best on the podcast now? <laughs> I'm moving on up. When I kick you off, mate, <laughs> <laughs> only one more to go, and you'll be the best. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and no, I had uh, it's my birthday on uh, Sunday. Oh yeah, so, happy birthday! Yeah, yeah, had a, had a cracking day with England losing in the uh, the Euros. Oh, wonderful, but, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, we had, had a nice time. You come round for a bit of a party, didn't you? And we had a disc golf basket up in the garden. Was having some putts, and you win it in one. No, but I was winding you, Nana. I was winding you, Nana. People who'd never played the game before were coming along and hitting. I don't know, five out of ten, and Bowen was like struggling to get one out of ten. No, mate, I've got to get on the turbo putt. I can, I can sink the turbo putts. But I can't throw a normal pot. <laughs> and then your nan comes, and I'm like, give it a go then. And she's thrown it in left, right, and centre. <laughs> Bad times, isn't it? But what I said to your dad was, like, because I get it pretty close to the basket anyway, I only need to be able to put pot from like six, seven you, feet. Yeah, yeah it's, that's all it is. It's always like that. With your massive drives, you don't need to put that much, do you? I tell you what, I was practicing with my uh, cacks at yeah. the weekend. Absolute throwing bombs, mate. Absolutely fucking annihilating them. Yeah. Like, it won't do. It won't do well on a course, but so I don't. I don't get it. I can throw perfect now. Like when it's a wide open field, like should be that's, all right. That's it. It's, it's it's a mental thing, though, isn't it? When as soon as trees come in the way or water comes in into play, you. You do, even though you tell yourself, just don't worry about the trees, don't worry about the water. It still makes no difference, does it? And that, that's the issue. I think once you become more comfortable and you've played so much more, like some of the players that we've played with who've been playing 10 plus years, you can see that 
if they come up to a bit of water or come to tight trees, it wouldn't phase them whatsoever. Don't phase them at all, no. no. Whereas for us, we're still thinking, don't hit the first tree, don't hit the first tree. And it's like, I feel, I feel like that will come, but it's just something, not something that you can necessarily rush. It's just going to come with practice and and time, really. But uh, what what I noticed with the field as well is you can be off your line a bit. And so t- tell you how I can practice. track that. How? Have you got? Do you practice on a football pitch? No, not not very often. But I know you see, keep telling me to. See, I I, pra- I use a football pitch. I think it's really useful because you can stand on the goal line and you can throw into the centre circle. Yeah. as a target for like sort of putter shots or approach shots you can f- stand on the sideline and throw straight down the sideline and try and get it to land basically directly in front of you and yeah. you can put different angles on it and everything you can sort of you can see you can judge then how far you are off if you know You're that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and i i think it's really useful a football pitch to to practice on um, and I, that's that's what I do quite a lot, to be fair. Um, when I can't get to a course, is I'll I'll practice down the sideline, make sure see if I can get it to land on the line, like towards the end of the pitch, uh, put a shots up up into the sort of the centre circle, uh, just, just sort of mixing up what you would do on a course in a round, but using sort of what's marked out on the field close to you as a sort of targets. The, the problem I have is, and I'm sure I'm not the only guilty person of this, I do not do anywhere near enough field work. I, I, I don't have a lot of time, and I, and I know it's not wasted time, but I think if I'm just there doing field work, I could be playing. Yeah, but what, what, do, you, what do you do when you go to the field? Do you just literally launch all your discs as far as you possibly can? Well, I put me I put my basket out and I was trying to move further back and seeing if I could still get it. And don't get me wrong, Lloyd, I was getting a lot close to the basket. What yeah. I realised as well, I was trying to throw putters at full power. Yeah. And a lot of them I was throwing and they were just over. they were just turning over and not yeah. coming back. Yeah. So I was quite I wouldn't say I was pleased, but at least it shows that I'm perhaps throwing with a bit of power now. But that's where you, that's where the sort of the hyzer flip. You know, you know what the hyzer. Yes. Flip, yeah. So you put you put on a hyzer, flips to flat, and you get yeah. a, a really good, nice glide out of it. That's where that sort of the control of that comes into. Then using the putters. In terms yeah. Of that, when you see somebody who can launch a putter, like the same distance we can throw drivers. That that's what they're doing. Is they're they're not throwing it flat because theirs would turn over massively as well. So they're yeah. throwing it on a on a hyzer, letting it flip to flat and getting that max distance out the putter. So that's that's sort of probably the next step that if you're in terms of throwing putters, that's probably the next step you sort of need to take, perhaps. Yeah, but, I um, agree. So we've talked about what we've done. We've talked about the sort of the big news announcement. Uh, what do should we move on to the the actual proper disc golf news sponsored by i don't know where i was going with sponsored by to be i was going to make a joke but but didn't have anything um oh, that was but, that was good this is this is going <laughs> swimmingly this is start start the news right so we've got we've we've been away for a while so we've got quite a bit to go through haven't we cool. really uh, let's start with the UK tournament. So two weeks ago was the Manchester Wide Open presented by Ace Discs. Ace Disc Golf. You, Ace Disc Golf. That's easy. Good, there we good go. start there. Pop, We're off to a good start. Ready. Bowen's, only... new, 
in full swing. Go on. It can only go uphill from here, <laughs> can't it? So the MPO was won by him at Dougal at 41 under par. Bloody hell. Yeah. Which is pretty good. It is. And James Luton scored exactly the same in second. However, he lost the playoff. So didn't, didn't did I say I'm pretty sure, I know it was a couple of weeks ago now, but didn't Luton shoot 18 down on uh, he did a Macbeth. He, he he shot an 18 under on his last round, and that included a, a, a uh, par and an eagle. So it's a carbon copy of Macbeth, your favourite man. A an eagle and a bogey. Par eagle and a par. So okay. so 18 under. Oh, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, yeah, you can tell you're yeah. from Kidderminster because you yeah. can't do fucking maths. Well, I've got my fingers out now and I'm trying to figure it all out. But, you should uh, have enough being from Kidderminster to well, figure that out. It's the webbing in between that I struggle with. Ah, okay, okay. It, it makes for a strong swimmer, though, so... Um, yeah, that's good. Those, <laughs> uh, those short legs don't help, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything about that. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good shooting, though, both Ian and, uh, and Luton, isn't it? Yeah, really good. So, I mean, so what happened in the playoff? Uh, it Ian was won, a, say. it was uh, Ian won. It was on the first hole. So, oh, okay. James James drove past the basket basically, and I think Ian left himself with probably a four or five meter putt, and oh, right. I think James left himself with a bit more to go. I think probably about fifteen meters, and he just yeah. missed his putt. So, which is unfortunate because he's just had a red hot round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to lose on the one hole, it's, it's a shame, it's, isn't it? It really is. That's bittersweet, isn't it? It's like you you must be so chuffed that you put eighteen down on um on a course, and then in a tournament especially, and then like to sort of not fluff it, but like to throw past a hole and make what he would consider a mistake. We wouldn't necessarily, because we'd just be grateful he went through the mando and passed the tree. But yeah, he, he would consider that a, a mistake, leaving it that far sort of past, I would have thought. Uh, I'd be interested to know, like, if he's shot that 18 under, whether he's got the mindset to then think, like, whether he's in the right mind frame to think, I've, I've got to go out and do it again in a playoff now, yeah, like, yeah. surely. Mentally, you're, I feel you're like done when you've got 18 under, aren't you? Yes, you are. But you, you also feel like if it was me, I would feel pretty good going into it. That, yeah. that I suppose it's, it's different for everybody, but I would feel like I'm in a good position here. If I've if I've just shot the round of my life or really really good round, you'd be you'd be pretty confident, wouldn't you? So yeah. But it is Ian's home course, isn't it? So. He's got a slight advantage has, there, has, hasn't he? Yeah, it's like when it's like when James goes to bed work, I suppose. He returns you, the favour, doesn't he? You, you see it all over. You see uh, Josh does relatively well down in Croydon. You see uh, Luton does well at Bedworth. Noah won the Quarry Park Open. Ian wins at Manchester. And you can see that home course advantage does have a massive play. Yeah, it does, on, yeah. On especially the MPO field. Um, yeah. Everybody sort of wins their own course and... Are really disappointed if they don't win their home course sort of thing. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so uh, that that sounds like a good finish anyway. Yeah, and uh, well done to Ben Jeffrey who uh, came third at thirty six under. Now we played with him when we first started, yes. didn't we? Cot- 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 
yeah. Cotswold, yeah. And he, he looked like... Good, yeah. yeah. I think he scored three under. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got even better since then, to be fair, yeah, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah, he, he did really good. <laughs> yeah, he did really well. Especially considering we hadn't been playing that long and it's the first, no disrespect to anybody else, but he was the first player that we see that you thought, Jesus Christ, I'm a long way off. <laughs> yeah. Challenging anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who won the, the uh, other categories? Well, Bella Tate, she just keeps on winning now. Yeah. I know she's a local girl to Manchester as well. But she uh, scored 13 under in the FPO, so she very won very good. Uh, and Sean Lee came in second, so... Excellent. Like, yeah, it's good. Uh, Connor Davis won the professional over 50s yeah. with nine under, and Charlie Mead came in second. So I know he's returning after being injured, isn't he? So I don't think he was overly happy with his performance, but he's he, on the road. He's... He's going when I, see him, when I see him at the Quarry Park Open, it was only a couple of weeks before when he had to pull out of that through not through being in pain. I thought it's going to be a tough ass to just play four rounds or three I think, rounds. I think, to be honest, he was happy just to get round. So. I think so. I think so. Um, and then he's resting up. And, and and I'm sure he'd be delighted with uh, with James's uh, 18. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, he, he's resting up. I was going to say he's resting up because you've got the South Warden Farm Disc Golf Championship on the 24th and 25th. So, yeah, we know he'll be into that one because he's from down that neck of the woods, yeah, isn't he? Absolutely. What, um, what about the amateur field, men's amateur? Right. Uh, so, uh, amateur over 40s was won by John Ellis. Yeah. Amateur over 40 women was won by D Law. Yeah. The amateur. 50s over 50s was won by Louis French. MA2 was won by Dan, Dan Shelton with an impressive 26 under. He's an American as well, I think. Oh, is he? They're coming yeah. over, taking, yeah. taking our jobs. Taking our prizes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, FA2 was won by Natalie Ekin. So I think she won at the Longford Open as well. She won a. Oh, okay. I don't think it was MA2. I think she's moved up. So she, uh, FA2, sorry. FA2, yeah, yeah. She's done, she's done really well. So yeah. Uh, MA3 was won by Jason McNeese. So yeah. I think that's his home course as well, isn't it? Is he a good player? I don't know him. I don't. Yeah, so. he's very good. He's a, he's also a, a standstillian. Oh, is he? He don't yeah. have a runner. He was the last time I seen him, which was wasn't was only about a month or so ago. So, um, but he can throw he can throw it further than me from a standstill. He's, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's he's he looks a decent player. A you decent mean player. you're not the best from a standstill? No, no, second best. Um, oh, okay. But I uh, I haven't actually played with Jason, um, even though we've been at the same tournament, same division, and everything. We haven't actually sort of been on the same card. I think he uh, wins yet. quite a bit, doesn't but, he? He looks like a good player to me from from seeing the sort of the results and stuff. So, so what you're saying is, when you make it to British champs, you go you're going gunning for him. I'll just interview him before the uh, before the round. Yeah, I think that normally works, don't it? Like... <laughs> just literally on the tee, sort of thing. Those who know know. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Those who know know. Uh, uh, what what else we got? FA3 was won by Rachel Sanig, so well done. Uh, yep. Brandon Lawson won MA4 with 22 under. How many divisions were there? 
Uh, there were plenty. <laughs> Sandbagger, <laughs> 22 under. <laughs> Sandbagger. What a Brandon. You got a car for that? Yeah, I think I have, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rose, Rosie Avis won FA4. With, uh, so, yeah, every division catered for, I think. Yeah, yeah, smash it. We had Battle of the Hill at Horsenden Hill. So yeah. that was the same weekend. MPO, I'll give you a guess. Who do you think won? Connor. No, no, no. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. He's been Why on the show. Maybe, uh, He's Josh. been on the show. No, you you said the name. I think. What did you say before, Josh? Ollie. Yeah. He won his own tournament. He won his own tournament uh, again. Sandbagger. Oh. Can you sandbag an MPO? You can't. Really, I don't can know. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't let any of the other MPOs in. <laughs> we'll have to ask him next time we see him. Uh, MA2 was won by Andy Mitchell. MA3, Matthew Lynch. Do you know him? Matt Lynch, yes. He runs backhand disc golf. Oh, does he? Yeah, the Floatman Company, yeah. He's nice, nice chap. Nice chap. Uh, I'm really sorry if I get this wrong. Uh, FA3 was won by Teresa Kahutova. I'm going to say Kahutova. Yeah, Kahutova, I'm going to say. If it, on the highly unlikely event that she is listening, I do apologise on Bowen's behalf. Go on, carry on. Uh, what? And then, and then MA4 was won by Alexei Katz. Cats the chef. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get easier names, people. I'm wondering whether this is like some sort of setup. Knowing I that think you're it is. Read, read out the names. <laughs> They're doing it to me on purpose, aren't they? Uh, the same weekend, we had the Arrow Valley Roman Road Classic. I well, think yeah, we had the, loads of tournaments. Yeah, we did this weekend, though, and it was a quiet. It was quiet this weekend. Gone to be fair. Yeah. So we had. Uh, the advanced division was won by Jason Stokes. Now he's an ice lad. I played with him when I beat him at the handicap uh, round. Yeah. Uh, intermediate was won by Craig Gardner. <laughs> Sandbagger. <coughs> Sandbagger. <coughs> the cut, that cough's come back. It's really bad, especially in this case. This is a real bad case because, like, he he keeps he signed up. Let me. I'm sorry, we're we're dragging on here, but he signed up for. Uh, novice when the when the series was announced now he's in inter everyone has literally said you're going to advance mate you you ain't you ain't in inter anymore so it's, uh, a, it's a weird little i know we've discussed it before but it's a weird little setup they don't do the the ma3 ma4 fa4 fa3 they do advanced intermediate and novice don't they and it's yes. more, more focused at sort of the beginner or novice sort of disc golfer unless your name's Craig Gardner and you just want to beat people <laughs> who have only been playing a week like more power to you uh, novice was won by John Ethan Giffins G- Griffiths not Giffins Griffiths uh, Gillies has opened and he's getting good reviews from everyone like so that's so good a lot, get- a lot of people putting pictures on that they're playing there and stuff and uh, enjoying the course which is get- uh, which is good get yourself down there so that's good. Uh, the Welsh Open has been cancelled at Fellingary. They're hoping for a smaller invite-only tournament this year, and then the Welsh happen will the Welsh Open will happen next year. Have you had your invite yet, Baron? I'm, I'm wait. I'm sure it's yeah, coming. I'm sure it's I'm coming. Sure. Don't worry. Well, we'll have the media passes over the thought. I we? think so, won't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, Alan. Get your get yourself in. <laughs> get your act into gear or whatever it is. Get gear into act. I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. England lost. I didn't get to sleep. There we go. But I'm not going to sulk about it, so it's all right. Uh, the Cloverleaf Open at Arrow Valley, new event, 25th of July. Sign-up began this Monday, so Monday the 12th, getting on it because they're really popular. Like I think people are really liking the fact it's in the middle of the country. It's not too so it's not too it's competitive, but it's not overly competitive and it's a good laugh. So yeah, get signing up 25th of July. Cool. Uh the pro disc like golf in the U in the US results. Uh we had the Des Moines challenge on at the weekend and we had Paul McBeth who won. Calvin came in second. Gavin Rathbone came in third. And then in the FPO, we had Missy Gannon, who won. Jessica Voice, who came second. And third was Paige Pierce. Right. I think pretty successful news. So Nice one, Bo. Appreciate that. Uh, so we managed to cock every uh, name up and every... Well, you didn't do any, get any places wrong today, did you? No, no, I've got the places all right, but you Although didn't. That... Go on. I was going to say, you didn't delve too much into specifics about things, so. <laughs> so, moving on to the main topic. Um, it's only a little one this week. Um, just something that I've noticed uh, and I think it's interesting the way it's going um, is the sort of the tour series or the more desirable discs. Uh, especially this year, there seems to be a lot more uh, produced. So if you look at Innova, the Firebird seems to have repeated releases. I know there's people buying them in in the droves still, but there seems to be like massive amounts. And it's like, I'm sure I read somewhere that they reckon Innova was saying that they were going to make this the most produced tour series disc, uh, the Firebird. Ever. I don't know about ever, but certainly, I, I, yeah, actually, I think it is ever. I think I've read it was ever. It might, might be wrong. It's only, obviously, it's the internet, so anything could be right. But there seems to be a lot more discs, sex and firebirds this year than there has been previously. And the same goes for sort of the Garrett Gurphy Rafe. Um, and on an, another company that's pretty much in a similar sort of situation is Discmania. A lot of their discs seem to be really collectible people playing like, in my opinion, ridiculous money for, uh, and they seem certainly with the sort of the new announcements that they are bringing the sort of the disc manufacturing in house. They, they pretty much said, didn't they, in their opening statement since moving to a new company that they're not going to stop making discs until everybody's satisfied that they've got the discs that they want. Um, I kind of feel like the point I'm making is that these, they seem to be making more and more of the discs now uh, so that will let them make those discs less valuable in the future. If that makes sense. I think, although we see that there's a large amount of discs being produced and there's a load of special ones, a load of tour series ones, it doesn't really matter. Are they making that many because there are, as we know, this sport has grown massively over the past couple of years. Are they still making enough so they're not still a rare disc? Do you know what I mean? Like, are, yeah. They're not satisfying demand. 
See, so I, I've, I got, I've got a theory. Gonna it, be... it, is only, it is only my theory, but I, I feel that the disc manufacturers have seen the massive amounts of money that discs are going for online and the, the demand for the sort of the specialised higher-end discs on sort of the, the second-hand market. And the disc companies are thinking, I want to cash in on the demand that... Yeah. Do you see what I mean? And I feel like they're thinking, why should the people selling them secondhand get all the money, the money. When, when we could make the money by selling more? Okay, not at the same value, but do you see, do you see the point I'm making? Well, well, Discmania did that recently because I bought a second run FD from Discmania, and it cost me ninety euros by the time you shipped it. Yeah. Now those discs are going for about. Hundred twenty dollars online. So, yeah, but but this that, mania already they, they doing was, it. They were sort of that was a run that was done ages ago, wasn't it? So that it, it's more sort of the original lines that are coming out now. The first runs of those are they going to produce massive amounts of the first runs of those? So first runs are pretty irrelevant. Do you, do you kind of see what the point is I'm that, making? Is there going to be? I've, is there going to be enough though? To there's not going to be enough supply to outweigh demand, though, is there? I don't think because there's so many different people. And I don't know, but that, that was pretty much to... what Dismania's statement was when it when it first came out. I don't know if you watched the video when they. It's all the hype. It, it's all hype. It, it is very. It is very hypey. Uh, it's very. If I tell off. if I tell you but... exactly what you want, exactly what you can have, you're going to get even more excited about it, aren't you? It's going to make you buy it even more. Yeah, you can, I... everyone can have this. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just I'm wondering whether it's a sort of a tactic that companies have sort of decided it's in a better way for them to approach things in terms of keeping the kind of like clawing back some of the money that discs are going for on the second hand market by producing more of the more desirable discs, if that makes sense. So they get the money rather than it the second-hand market getting the money. Do you know what I mean? That, if I buy a disc, it's up to me whether I, I want to sell it for more than it's worth and B, if some idiot's going to pay the money for it, fundamentally. So yeah, why should? Yeah. I, I mean, some discs, see, I, see some... I, I argue that if you're buying them solely to flip them for an extortionate amount of money... I feel like that's morally bankrupt. I what, don't feel what's like wrong? That. What's wrong if I if I can be asked to wait in a queue and buy two of the same disc to special discs to keep one for myself and also sell one to recoup some of the money for the one that I bought? What's what's wrong with that? If people yeah, are you, stupid I'll, enough that, to pay, that's it, not that's not extortionate amounts of money, is it? No, I suppose. Well, I don't know. It depends what. It depends how desirable the disc is. Not I mean, really. If your if your only aim is to try and recoup the money, you're not. Ah, trying... I, I see what you're doing here. We went to a Berg only event, didn't we? And what did you do, Duffer? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. I didn't buy those discs in put in purposely to flip them. I wanted to play that tournament, and I had no use for those discs. So there was no point in me keeping hold of them. I I think more sort of what I'm sort of getting at is like, I don't know, the, the P2s, people yeah. getting them and flipping these the new prototype on. P2s, sticking them straight online for $250, ne- never thrown. And like, well, 
you can only buy one set, one one pair. So you obviously were never intending on throwing them. All you've all you're doing is extorting money from other people who weren't so fortunate and be able to buy them. But if someone's willing to pay you've you, we've know, had this argument I, before. If someone's willing to pay yeah, but they would, also be how much the, they would also be willing to pay the face value and much rather. Maybe they're too. The maybe they're too lazy they to, to order them. Maybe they're too lazy to order them. Maybe they they maybe they couldn't get them, but they can wait for the next lot to come out. It ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna be the only ones to come out. Yeah, it's not gonna say prototype on it, but fundamentally, what does it matter if it says prototype or not on it? It's still. I mean, I'm, it's I'm, get, I'm not saying people should not partake with their money and buy discs at an inflated rate. What I'm saying is that people should, in my opinion, straw to look themselves in the eye if they're the whole reason they're buying a disc is to make massive amounts of money. I'm holding a Cloud Breaker 2, a DD3, fundamentally. What is the difference between this and any other DD3? This time. Because what mm-hmm. I'm trying to point out is the disc companies already in the game are flipping us discs. Flipping discs like it's only the same as another DD3, but because it's got a sparkly little graphic of a bird on it, it's suddenly more expensive. Like they're in it as much as as much as the scalpers are. It's fundamentally everyone wants to make money, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I just I feel like it, if you're doing it at the expense of other people, other fellow disc golfers who you consider part of the community. that's what the disc companies are doing. Yeah, but they could I, sell I the discs. They could sell everything. We're, we're going to go around in circles here. I'll be interested to hear what people listen to the show think. Uh, see, uh, oh, actually, message message the Instagram page. I'd I'd like to know what your opinion is on. Whether, whether you sit on my side that you you don't sort of begrudge anybody paying the money, but you feel that disc flipping for the sole purpose of selling them for an inflated rate is morally bankrupt, or would you side with Bowen that ev- everybody does it to a certain extent, even the disc-making companies? Right, right, right. I can shoot your thing down. You've got an issue with the individual buying a disc and selling it at an inflated price, disc companies are doing it to every consumer. Yeah, but you've got like, a disc mania not- has started doing it. Like other people have started doing it. Tell me where. Wouldn't I'm not bothered yeah, but- if one man wants to make hundred dollars on a disc. I'm bothered if a disc golf company thinks, oh, I can fleece the market for an extra ten dollars here because it's got a special stamp on it. Yeah, but that maintains the same value though, doesn't it? If, if the disc-making companies are selling the disc at, say, for instance, $70, yeah. uh, that that then values that disc at at least $70 if it's unthrown. Does it? Well, you, you'd expect so. You'd expect the market to, to remain at least face value. Let me let me walk outside. With, if, if let it, me walk outside with my Cloud Baker too and ask Joe Bloggs on the street how much you think this is Frisbee's worth. Yeah. I don't know. Ten quid? I think we're getting away from the album, but let let us know. So let us know what you think. Um, I would, I would be interested to hear because it's an it is an interesting topic, and I think it comes up quite a lot. That, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so 
I think I'm we, not. We, can I just can I just add? I'm not a flipper either. I I no. buy some discs. I no, sell I'll, some discs. As much as I take the take the piss out of him, he 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 isn't necessarily. He, you you wouldn't do it for the sole purpose of making money. You've bought a few discs recently to acquire discs to trade for the tilt and stuff like that. But you you're not. You wouldn't buy mass amounts of discs. But my end to, goal is to sell, to sell a double the cost and make thousands of pounds. My end goal, expense. my end goal is to sell a collection of tilts, and I want to do it. I yeah, probably it's a bit egotistical. I want to do it because I want to be the only person to have a full collection of tilts, and then say, right, this was fun collecting them. Someone else have them, and I'll move on to something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, yeah. But it, it would so, it would be because I mean I can't imagine well there's only sixty people who could potentially do that isn't it yeah apparently collection yeah yeah and it would be it would it'd be quite it'd be interesting an interesting uh, collection to put up definitely for sort of dismania collecting fans but again it, it it's up to those people if they are prepared to pay that money for it this is where just quickly going back to it. I feel like me and you sit on different sides of the argument is because I'm tighter than what you are. Yeah. And I don't want to pay an extortionate amount of money when I feel... I'm basically, I, I'm not prepared to pay more than what the face value is unless it's a couple of quid more and I feel like the other person's but, got dealt with packet postage and all that sort of stuff. And I'm but then, prepared but to then pay for that, your, but, but then for your birthday... We gave you a nice disc that's hard to get hold of, and you loved it. Yeah, and that costs more than face value of the disc. Yeah, yeah. So you're just as bad. I didn't pay for that though. No, that was a gift. Not... Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Muggins paid for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I just think, I just think, like, if I'm stupid enough to buy discs, I. Oh, yeah, if I got, want a disc, you got more I'll money than me, though. That's, that's I'm really, thing. I'm really. Oh, you have. I just spend it on different stuff. <laughs> Crap. Don't tell me, <laughs> Mrs. Because she always says, "When you pay for this, when you pay for that." I'm like, my money's only for investment, Charlotte. It's not for just buying random shit. And shop discs are random shit. I'm like, no, because there's an end goal at the end of it. I bet she doesn't see the value in a Cloudbreaker 2, does she? Of course she doesn't. She thinks, oh, you bought another fucking disc. That's all really? I get. Oh, every time, every time, if I say, oh, she says, oh, we need, we need, we need it. Let's buy, let's buy this together or let's do that. I say, I ain't got the money. She'll say, how many discs have you bought this month? That is the first question that gets asked. Do you get fair, that one too? Yeah. Yeah. And I, not, 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 not that. It's more of an eye roll I get of like, oh, okay. Do you really need more discs? And I think literally everybody who listens to the show who plays disc golf is is going to be in the same situation, I think. But I, fundamentally, I, I, we don't need them because how no. many do you actually throw from your yeah, bag? I know, I know. How many, how many do people have sitting in their cars? In boxes? Have, in the I have. But you still, it's, that, it's kind of like that feeling of like just receiving a new disc, that this could be the perfect disc for me. This could be and the it disc isn't. that I'm going to throw forever. And I'll be able to this. I'll be able to say to people in fifteen years' time, I pretty much started out with this disc, or I've played with this disc for fifteen years. It's What's the worst perfect. disc you've ever bought? Or what's the worst decision you've ever made? Uh, Not saying the worst disc as in the yeah, worst. I know what you mean the worst disc for you, or the one that you thought would change your game but really didn't? 
Oh, okay. Um, I was going to go from a different perspective. I've got I've got a 2020 uh, Van Dyke and Meteor, and I cannot get on with that. Um, and I used to th- used to throw it even on a hyzer flip, and it would turn over too much. It was so flippy, and it was just un. I just felt it was my skill level. It was just unthrowable. Uh, the 2021 is a lot more. It's quite a bit more stable. Um, but it did find a home because uh, it was one of the first discs my wife was able to throw properly uh, because learning, not having the same arm speed sort of thing, uh, it was it was getting a real nice flight out of it. So She's a lefty as well there, weird, and not I? Yeah, I've just sent her an invoice for it and said you can have it. So, um, <laughs> How much anyway. you charge? Because it's collectible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's collectible, yeah. I flipped it for double the money. <laughs> okay, don't worry about asking me which my worst what, buy was. What, what's, your, what's your worst buy? The Barry Schultz Champion Beast. I could not throw that to save my life. That was like I hated first, that. That, that was like the first dish you brought, though, after a starter set. Though, it, it was, And it was like... a. 11 or 11 speed or something and I just yeah. could not get on with it no I'll probably it, love it, was... it now to be fair yeah yeah it, it was just too fast for it at the time wasn't it and I think yeah. Yeah, I think if there's one thing you could say to new players it's that like really look into disc for newer players don't just look and think right I'm gonna get the fastest speed disc like I did fastest speed disc and that's going to enable me to throw the furthest because it really doesn't work like that but I think everybody makes that mistake I, I would say the maximum speed disc now people will say oh don't go above a putter or a mid range the maximum speed disc you should be buying is an 8 or a 9 speed as a beginner and even then it's probably a bit much for you yeah I, I think I think I think a bit lower than that I think about 6 speed is probably is probably adequate um I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying a fairway driver and seeing what it'll do. Uh, no, there isn't. But I, I think if you can master... Because, I mean, if I look back now, if, if I throw... I think a Cax is a six-speed. I can throw that a decent way, almost as far as like some of my sort of nine and ten-speed discs. Uh, so there's no reason why you couldn't take that as a learner and use that for a, a, lo- a long period of time before moving up into a higher this speed but anyway before before we go before we go i just want to ask one more question what is the dream disc that you that you would buy next what's the next purchase Mm. what if i had unlimited money either or or what you're looking at okay the thing is i'll go through i'll go through i I, honestly i'm not it's not a cop-out i can't answer that because I just feel that I go through phases where I don't think I think I'm not going to buy any more discs now. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done for. I'm done for. I'm I'm done for at least three four months. I've got pretty much every sort of shot type in my bag or in the car that I'd need. I don't need any more discs. But then I'll go. I'll sit there in the night watching the telly, and I think, I wonder if I wonder if Ace has got. Uh, this in stock or I wonder if did UK got this in stock and start scouting around and I think late at night is that I'll, normal yeah 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 I'll, I'll buy that and then you see another one you think well I don't want to just get the shipping for one I may as well get I'll, two I'll, I'll get two and then before you know it you're spending sort of 50 quid and you think oh, 
have I done that? Which is why you need to buy the special ones to flip them, then you get free discs. Yeah, perhaps uh, we've gone around the circle back to uh, me being wrong. I've got a, right. I've got a cloud breaker too, if anyone wants it, by the way. Send me offers. How much? Well, I know how much I paid for it, so you've got to offer more than what I paid for it. But nobody else knows how much that is. Well, they'll have to guess, won't they? It's a bit of fun. Right, we've uh, we've waffled now. Um, so, have you got anything else to bring up, Bowen? Go to YouTube, I suppose, and look at the mere side. Flyover, oh, yeah. that's yeah, about it. That up, didn't we? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the course at Shrewsbury. Uh, another fly for added to the collection. Um, it's busy, course, and it, it's definitely one that is nice to watch before you go because it's not definitely. the easiest one to follow round if it's the first time you've played it. You're so, throwing to the same basket, sun, some yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've gone over that in the Shrewsbury the Shrewsbury one episode, but... Um, we're tying it all together full circle now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's almost like we've planned this. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, go and check that out. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe and like. I know I say this every time it gets boring, but it really does help us out um, and sort of get, get the name out. Get It just helps us produce more stuff because if, if we can see you guys watching it and enjoying it and enjoying the content... It sort of spurs us on to get our asses into gear and making more sort of footage and, and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, so if you could do that, go and watch the videos, uh, hit the subscribe, hit the like, send us a comment on there, and that would be absolutely fantastic. And is that it? You got anything? I think else? that's it. I think I'll, I'll, I think. I dropped. Oh, I don't know. I think it's something. Get ready to say <laughs> the final bit and I'll butt in. So, uh, that's it. We'll leave it there. So, not a bad show for our. First one all the way through by ourselves. All the way through without yeah. outside inconveniences. Even though we do sorry, a podcast, sorry. it's not something that both of us do naturally, is it? Talk like for a prolonged period of time. I feel like <laughs> so oh, it almost like... felt like today going back to the first episode. I was a bit nervous doing today. So it's quite nice to uh, get the first one out of the way. Um, I just feel like I could talk to anyone about anything, not be, not being big-headed, but I'll say I'll speak my mind on anything and don't care if it's right or wrong, really. So so we'll leave it there. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we really appreciate you sticking with us. Sorry we haven't put out as many shows as what we'd wanted to the last couple of weeks, but we are back on track now and it will be regularly on a Thursday. So, yeah, st- uh, keep listening and... Keep it in the chains. Keep it in the chains. Thanks for listening to In the Chains. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel to view our round videos and course fly-throughs. And hit subscribe there too. Until next time, keep it in the chains.